Alrighty, y'all, good evening. It's the Big Moves Thomas Podcast, and today I actually have a special guest in the building. There we go, there we go. Toast the wrong word. Uh, I got my dad. All right, OG Thomas in the building today. What's going on, dad? Everything's going okay, bud. Thanks for having me. No problem, no problem. So we got to watch an abysmal game today oh in, uh, <laughs> um, in watching these now two and six Washington football team members go against um, the Denver, I mean, I guess they Broncos, they beat us, but I mean, I mean, the game was some straight donkey cheeks. All right, it was double cheeked up on a Thursday afternoon. Okay, it was a horrible game with a horrible finish, and then somehow we got like we got lightning in a bottle and, and, and two fumbles on the final drive, and we actually get the ball back, and we still have a horrible game. I mean, it, it was it was just trash. It was just trash. Um, what do you think that? I think this was one of those games where nobody really won it. It was just uh, one person lost at least. I'm sorry, the one team lost at least. Uh, sure. I, 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 I um, excuse me. Um, somebody has to win a game. Yes. Uh, excuse me. Technically, no. There can be a tie uh, if the game is just that good or that bad. But sometimes, every now and then, you will have a game where somebody just has to win because we won't even allow a tie because we don't want to see this go any further. And this was one of those games. So, um... Yeah, they didn't even have enough competence to have a tie. Yeah, it, it, it just it just was bad all around. I mean, I... Uh, yeah, tie in, intonates or suggests competition. And this is not a competitive game. But we kind of knew that looking at who was going to... who were going to be the announcers. This was the slow Tuesday of announcers. Yes, yes. Okay, so for y'all who, who, who may not watch the game, um, we were on the Z-list of games this week. <laughs> and when I say the Z-list, I mean the whole announcing crew might have been interns and grandfathers that had nothing to do on a Sunday and or their kids do not have kids yet. So they're just like, well, for Halloween, I might as well uh, take the game. I'm pretty sure Fox had this game up in the employee lounge for um, – Pretty sure they got overtime for this. Like, one of those things where it's just like, hey, like, we just need people this day. Like, please, like, like you know, like, you will get overtime for doing this game. Yeah, or it was more, or as we said earlier, this was for the people who they didn't fire, but they really aren't too high on. So it's like, yeah, you got to do your radio show <laughs> and this if you want to keep your gig. Yes. This game was for the announcers that do bare minimum at work, and they're required to show up for two games out of the year. And this was one of them. I yeah. mean, it was just... All around, it was just bad commentating. It was bad sports play. It was bad team management. It was bad game management. It was very subpar quarterback play. I mean, the only shining light of this was watching Jonathan Allen wreak havoc on the Denver Broncos O-line. And even that, for wreaking all the havoc that he did, he still came up with a loss, man. Like, I'm telling you, if you are on the Washington football team right now, please, please, Leave. Go to a better team. Go anywhere but here and get your money. Because what we are showing right now is that we did not spend money on a quarterback. So if we're not going to spend money on a quarterback, we'd be damned if we're going to spend some money on you, man. So, like, go get your money elsewhere. Even if you're going to lose and get your money. Like, go go do a Kerrigan. Go up to Philly. Go to uh, uh, go to New York. Uh, either team, just Giants. Both of them suck right now. Go down to Jacksonville. Yeah. Just, just, just get out, man. 
Get Out. Like, this is, you know what? Since it's Halloween, the title of this episode is Get Out. All right. Uh, all right. This is, this is a very bad situation for every player. And the illusion of money is going to keep you here. I know it will, but I'm telling you, man, you can get the same check and win. Yeah, I think that it says a lot when the entity that did the best job in this game were the officials. Yeah, like the officials did the best job. <laughs> the officials, and even then, we had a challenge because they couldn't spot the ball right on, on McKissick getting there first. Even with a challenge, I would say the best part of this game is the officiating. Okay. Yes. Very yes. few ticky tacky calls. Most calls are warranted today. Um, um, and they actually let them play a, fair, a fair bit with the corner play as well. So I do like to see that in the game. I'll give them that. Right, but, in other words, the plays were were so loose that there wasn't anything for the refs to do. Correct, correct, correct. Even the refs got bored today, man. Yes. Um. So my first topic here was uh, running off tackle more. Um, Gibson. Sometimes when I see him in the hole, especially at the beginning of this game, he would just run right into the gap, no matter who was there. Like, it wasn't like he was looking around or, like, it wasn't like he had some some good eyes. Like, uh, let me see. Who has the greatest eyes uh, uh, that I've ever seen as a running back? Probably give it to – probably give it to Le'Veon Bell for me. Uh, Le'Veon Bell said the best eyes out of any running back I've ever seen. I've seen Le'Veon Bell damn near just just stand up at the, at the line, figure out a hole, and then go. Like, it was it was amazing what he was doing at – um. At Pittsburgh, I'm sorry we can't see that again, but yeah, something like that. Yeah, well, just to show my age, um, LT had some very good eyes. He was able to see stuff coming long before it got there. Um, Emmett Smith was also really good at um, that type of vision. But one of the reasons why I found that interesting with some of the decisions that that your running back made was that he's running behind guys, and it's not like these guys were blowing the defensive line up. So it's not as if, oh, you know, I'm going to start now, and by the time I get there, there's going to be the hole which is what good vision often shows. Mm -hmm. But that wasn't happening today except for the few times that they were running behind their um, left guard, um, the pride of the New York draft uh, scheme, uh, Eric Flowers, who actually, in my opinion, is a really good guard. And he, he actually did show himself a bit today, but um, in the most part to no avail. Greatest signing of the um, in the the past two years to be honest probably was him <laughs> um uh yeah because you didn't spend a ton um no we didn't spend a ton but also he proved himself last year mm -hmm. um excuse me he proved himself uh the year before last um he went and got his money i believe down to miami yeah and then and then we traded back for him up here great great tackle like great guard like great great off the ball no um, great great guard not great tackle um <laughs> uh, proved in new york yeah um but uh um he really was somebody who really had to grow into himself. And then uh, with proper coaching that we actually gave him here at Washington, it actually looked really well for him. And then that's when he went to go to Miami and he got his money down there and everything. But with proper coaching, it showed what it can change. And again, that shows that we had proper coaching on that defensive side of the ball before. Now, don't get me wrong, um, uh, Del Rio today, I believe on the, all, on the defensive side, he really was trying to win the game. And that's a terrible gameplay for your DC to be having to be the head coach, basically. Yeah. Because um, our defense was the only people that controlled this game today. Our defense kept him to 17 points, which is great. Don't don't get me wrong. And and he should have. Um, uh, this is a Broncos D uh, offense that wasn't that that wasn't and is not great. Um, with the exception of Judy. That might be the shining light right now. <laughs> yeah, and, and Teddy Bridgewater 
did not have a good game. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I mean, we saw at the end, he threw a pass um, in their, on their own side of the field with less than a minute to go in the game, and he stopped the clock. He could have – Bridgewater could have won this game. He just went down. It, it, like, even, yeah. if, even if he took the tackle for a loss, it yeah. still would have been good. Yeah, still they did good. everything they could to give the game to Washington, and Washington said, no, thank you. Yeah, like, it, it's just – it's ridiculous how this game went down, and I can't, I can't say this enough. We are a bad team. You know how we joked about like, yo, you, you're the Cleveland Browns. Who would want to play there? Or Jacksonville. Who would want to play there? Or um, or or the Jets. You know, when when Sam Darnold got traded, we were like, hey man, we think she's doing a good team. Um, we're that team. I don't know if y'all know that. Like, we are that second team that no one wants to come to. That when you come here, your career is either on the decline or it's over before it started. But this is not a good place to be. This is not a good place to be, man. There's no growth. There's no potential right now. There's nothing. It really is a desolate wasteland until we find other. And I I hate to be this fan because I really want to have a positive outtake. I don't like talking bad on this team. Again, being a fan for so long, I love everything about the team. Um, Up until I want to say... Up until I probably got of age to realize what the team meant. So, uh, I've been a fan probably since seven years old. Like, I'm 27 now, so 20 years um, at, at this point. Yeah, since you um, moved down here. Uh, absolutely. So, so like, like, the first part of this, you know, I'm just a blind fan. Uh, you know, I'm a kid asking to be the water boy and whatnot and all that. You know, send the letters to the team. You know, they're sending me letters back. You know what I'm saying? You know, my mom got me all the signs and everything, jerseys, all that, hoodies, sweatshirts. You know, you know, I'm just, I'm just a diehard fan, man. You've gave blood uh, for this team. Uh, absolutely, absolutely. I would go to a blood drive just to get tickets. You know what I mean, like craziness. But now that I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm older now. Um, uh, I can see the business side of it as well, and I can respect the business side of it and get, and actually get entertainment from the business side as well as the player side of the sport and encompass the sport as a whole. Um, this is a terrible organization. Like, I don't know why I chose this one. The Ravens are right up the road. They want to. <laughs> Uh, they won a championship before I knew what a championship was. Like, I was happy when they won a championship up in Baltimore. I was like, oh, that's dope. Uh, uh, they actually did beat the Giants. But um, um, I was happy when they won a championship. And then they won another one. And then they went from one franchise quarterback in Flacco to another franchise quarterback. And we still haven't found our one right here. And I, I know I said this before, but this is very frustrating seeing the team right down the road do what you can do. And, um, and they're much younger, too. Yeah, and they're much younger. And the only thing that's different from them and us is ownership. The yep. ownership actually cares about winning, which I'm not going to say that they, that they don't care about making money, but they care about winning because they know that winning is going to bring the money, especially in a smaller market. But Baltimore is not a bigger market nope. than the Washington, D.C. area. Okay, Now, we do share a major um, metropolitan area, but we are divided. That's correct. Okay, Baltimore is not D.C. Uh, exactly. So the Baltimore market is much smaller. It has a much poor de- de- demographic, to be honest. Just to be honest, we have oh, a yeah. lot of we have a lot of blue collar fans uh, up there. Shout out to them. Uh, we still have the city of Baltimore, which is a headache on its own. We'll get to that later. But we're talking about a market that has a strug- I mean, truly a struggling economical fan base, and they are still able to perform and sell out games more than we are. How is that possible? We have two of the top five richest counties in America are in the D.C. area. And that is Fairfax County and Loudoun County. Followed up, if you want to extend it further, you have three of the top ten when you go into Howard County, if you want to split that with Baltimore and D.C. at that point. 
And since the NFL, you know, likes diversity, you have the uh, richest predominantly African-American county right here in PG, where they play. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, this team is just tragic right now. You know what? Like I said, the only difference between the government and the Washington football team is that the government can be held accountable at certain points. Not all, but certain points. We... Yeah, you don't elect the team. <laughs> I mean, like I said, like Snyder. substantively. Like I said, like like I said, Dan Dan Gotti. That's his name for now on. Okay, okay, it ain't no Mister Snyder. That's Dan Gotti. Cause this man get off more than Gotti. All right, so Dan Gotti out here, still apparently making controls and making suggestions from his quote unquote suspension, not suspension, whatever you want to call it. Okay, now with him making all that right, with him trying to find a new stadium, right. How can we find our quarterback? I know we're still on the look for QBX, as uh, as JP calls it. Um, I know we're still on the look for uh, possibly bringing over a big name. Look, excuse me, Rodgers is not coming here, especially after today. It, Rodgers not coming here. No. Um, who else is on the block right now? Um, uh, uh, Deshaun Watson has a no trade clause, which he exercised for Miami to not go to Miami. If he didn't want to go to Miami, what makes you think he want to come here? Like, like come on, man. Come on, bro. My, okay, a Miami might not be the best team to play with, but, but a Miami's still Miami. Yeah. And don't get me wrong, to be a millionaire in Miami, that's maybe top five places on earth that you want to be a millionaire. Mm-hmm. No, um, but I think that Deshaun Watson, uh, actually get off topic a little bit, I think that he's really just trying to run out the clock as much as he can so he can get as much money as he can out of his contract. Um, I call him the he, – he's pulling the Kirk Cousins without actually taking snaps. So he, he's just trying to um, get all the money that he can because, remember, the the longer amount of time that it takes them to get him off their books, the more of his years tick by. Mm-hmm. So he so he's, he's actually on the roster. Correct. So he gets his roster bonuses. If he shows up at the building, gets his workout bonuses. And and he gets whatever else is um, is uh, going on with him because I think he's he's of the belief that the minute he gets traded, he gets a different type of contract, and the other team may just uh, decide to cut him. But Houston can't do that with him yet, mm-hmm. so I, I think he's playing it um, very smart. But yeah, but but he'd be uh, I you know huh, I think he'd be just slightly more foolish coming here than let's say if something opened up in New York. You know, Daniel Jones won the lottery and said you know I'm out. Um, I wouldn't recommend anybody go up there either because I think the only offensive line that mm. l- looks more porous more often than Washington, I think it's a running gun battle between um, Philly and uh, the Giants. Very true. Um, yeah, he's doing very similar. If you remember, uh, paperwork-wise, I'm not saying the instances are the same, but paperwork-wise, he's doing very similar to what happened to um, Adrian Peterson at Minnesota. Yep. When he had that, uh, when he had a discrepancy, when um, he found out they was beating his kids or whatever with the switches and all that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, a, a very similar situation where uh, the team still pays you, you don't lose any money, you still kind of take up a roster spot, but not really. Uh, I believe it's called the commissioner's exemplist, which yes. is not there yet, but he's in the gray area right now, which I'm pretty sure the league and um and and the Texans have talked about that and. Uh, the reason why we don't hear that much about him is uh, by design. But anyway, we'll get to that. Oh, yeah. I, th- uh, I think that's exactly uh, the reason why. And plus, remember, um, Dan Snyder is on the hook for similar type behavior, you know, of, of uh, sexual harassment. So 
whatever they do with um, Deshaun, that's going to be a benchmark as to how the league is to treat uh, Snyder whenever things uh, come down. And just to let you know, we're not done with that. There's um, other things. I think there's some rumblings up in uh, Dallas about about somebody else, you know, being me too or something like that. I'm not sure. You know, don't you know, don't don't uh, you know, don't quote me on that. But but I think that put it this way, we're we're not done with this type of of uh, behavior and reporting um, amongst the NFL. Yeah, there's some interesting photos with Jerry Jones and some um, cheerleaders out there. But mm-hmm. uh, uh, um um. <laughs> Uh, I digress. Also, um, yeah, but I do find it hilarious that you think that you can mix uh, successful men and pretty young women and nothing happens. Um, I don't think that. Here's my thing with that. Why do we have cheerleaders for the sport? Like, it just doesn't. Like, like I don't. Like you said, it just doesn't mix. Like, why? Like, why do we do that? I just. Well, I don't necessarily mind that because sex sells. Um, but, but and, and also it's a way to keep people interested. It's also a good way to employ young women, you know, give them an, you know, give them an avenue. And, and, and By don't, the way, they're not that young. No, I don't know if you've ever seen the team. Like, well, <laughs> well, 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 why do you think they're not that young anymore? Because the same things don't exist. Remember, you know, there's an old expression that a lot of women went to college to get their MRS degrees. In other words, this allows attractive women um, to be in the same environment as the men that they seek. So, and to think that women don't weaponize their... Um, uh, possessions at sometimes I'm not saying that all women do it all time, but but to think that women don't use you know as uh, Aretha Franklin said at the beginning of her record think you know she said ladies we got to use what we got to get what we want mm-hmm. so so that's the reason why they had it and when they took that away when they said you can no longer you know uh, consort with any of the members of the organization now now you know why you get all these straggle daggles all of a sudden there now you know surprise surprise we also have just as many male cheerleaders which is terrible uh the washington football team is trying it out for like a cheer squad or something it's a it's a waste of money it's a waste of time uh um like if you're a season ticket holder get out um <laughs> uh uh, uh, uh speaking about waste of time um jared patterson is a great guy Pilati product. Yeah. Nothing bad to say about the man, but what he is, but what we are wasting is having him out there at that size without having a good run block scheme. There were a couple of plays yeah. where they were used to having a bigger guy in there. And when I say bigger guy, I mean, we're looking at a, uh, JD McKissick, Antonio Gibson, 220, you know, mm-hmm. around 5'11, six foot stature at that point. Um, you can block four yards up the field and let them get that three, and bam, that's a seven. That's a seven-yard play. Patterson needs to block him the whole time. He can get shifty in there, but don't expect this man to try to get that extra two or three that you need out of it. Um, and again, there's nothing. There's nothing against that. Nothing wrong with that. Um, I do think that we're trying to put him in a downhill running situation, uh, between the tackles, and it's looking like he might be that scat back type. Well, um, yeah, yeah, I, I I agree with that, and and also um with with um doing that, you know, like you said before, you can't really have a running back blocking for a running back. You can have a fullback blocking for a running back, or a tight end blocking for a running back, correct. or if you get into space, you know, you can even have especially your um your your larger receivers um uh, blocking um for your for your running back, like how um good lord how T O used to do for Deuce Staley when he was in uh Philly. Mm-hmm. That was very successful, but but here they can't do that that often, and and even when they do, or at least from the games that I've seen recently, 
um, and I've seen all the games for Washington this year mm-hmm. because I knew you were going to be doing this. Um, I I don't see them doing that that well um, for, for for their backs as they're going out. And to be honest with you, I don't know why they're not putting their tight ends out there um, for that. You guys have some pretty sizable and very athletic tight ends. Um, yeah, I haven't seen Samus Reyes out there. Um, you know what they call him, the Slinger Chilean. I haven't really seen him out there like that. I don't know what's going on. Um, I really, I don't know. I tied the situation interesting. I hope Logan gets back soon. Uh, he's been the biggest tight end for us so far. And for him to be down, uh, I mean, it's just a blow to our offense, but also just shows the lack of weapons that we have. Um, if it's not him or McLaurin coming down with the ball, um, good luck. I mean, today, um, I think our leading person with uh receptions was JD McKissick, which is terrible at like mm-hmm. eight. Like your running back, man. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Not that it's just your running back, because you do have running backs out there that are very versatile like that. Christian McCaffrey, um, Alva Kamar. Um notice those are both uh teams that aren't doing that well. Uh I mean the Saints are doing okay, but also they have Michael Thomas as their number one, Alva Kamar as a number two. If you want to look at it like that, but you know, like you want like a Christian McCaffrey type, yeah, yeah like the Panthers aren't doing that well, and, and also they ran that ball into the ground. But we'll get to that yep. another time. But also with but, those guys, they get them the ball a bit farther. You, you know, when it seems like when Washington's throwing the ball to their running backs, they're they're throwing the ball to them in the backfield. Uh, in the backfield or just way out in the flat. I mean, they're not giving them any space on the side. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And but 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 when McCaffrey and Kamara, they're getting the ball you know, at the back of the first level, at the beginning of the second level in the flat. And mm-hmm. that makes a much bigger difference because it, it gives them space to operate and get going. And also, once again, you, you know, you have a 220-pound um, running back, you know, on 190, 200-pound, or uh, maybe 205-pound uh, tops um, cornerback. And, mm-hmm. and that just makes for a totally different dynamic because instead of the, the guy having to really be concerned about um, the the contact, um, really, what he can do then at that point is you know either either get into the running match with them because both of those guys have speed, um, and and I think that that the running backs for Washington have speed too, but then you can do what many running backs do and they say you know you pick a shoulder so then so then when you make contact first of all you're hitting you're not getting hit, and also you're going backward I'm sorry you're going forward instead of trying to fight to not go backward. Mm. Yeah. Speaking about going backwards, um, we need that power back back. Uh I miss Peyton Barber. I know I know why we got rid of him, but we need a power back back there. Uh especially for our style of offense. We definitely need that power back that can get that one to three yards when we're looking for on that hard play. Right now we just don't have that. There were several times today where we got into that situation. I was like, Man, if we have Peyton Barber, man, I know we got this. And we don't. Or if we had a Peyton Barber excuse me, a Peyton Barber light running back again it doesn't have to be the exact player but i need that style of playing man we definitely need that power running back back especially for the offense that we run uh i believe that would help out um heineke or whoever and i think it'll help out the team overall Um, because there were there were there was what three times when there was second and short and you and you couldn't convert yeah yeah so so i think that that matters a matter of fact i think that might be one of the things we should talk about is the um the dearth of performance in in the red zone and around the red zone with the blocked field goals because they couldn't convert and, and things like that I, I think that that mattered um a lot because they just they they just left a ton of points on the field and and gave 
of their, their opponent just some tr tremendous momentum. You know, they gave Denver tremendous momentum when they were um, getting those uh, stops. Um, absolutely. Speaking about momentum, the one thing that they did great today was we finally got a first possession stop on Denver, which is something that we haven't done this year. Like I said, the only stop that we ever got this season where we got one interception. The rest have been points on the board for everybody else. So we finally got a stop, which was just like, man, like I really felt like the defense was coming together. I really felt like we actually would be doing something today. And, I mean, we saw the outcome in the game, again, mm -hmm. terrible game. But we finally did get a stop. Um, I, I want to know, like, do you think the defense is turning around? Or do you think we're just playing sucky teams? Or how you feel about it? Um, I don't think that the defense is turning around. And the reason why I say that is because I don't think that the inefficiency with the defense has to do with the personnel. I think it has much more to do with the defensive calling. There's very little stunting going on. It seems as if they just saying, well, they're all first-round picks, so they should all be able to go forward, you know, and just drive right through the, the offensive linemen as if those guys aren't there. And that just uh, simply isn't happening. Even though they did get to Bridgewater today on, uh, more, than, on more, more than one occasion, um, I was just looking at it, and it reminds me um, a lot of the Giants' defense. It just seems very, and the offense too, just seems very uninspired uh, about the way that they're uh, going through things. Um, you know, Landon Collins made some uh, pretty good plays um, coming down into the, into the box, but I think that has more to do with his uh, skill set than it did with um, any, any uh, schemes, that, that they called up. It's not as if the it's not as if Denver was concerned about where's Landon mm -hmm. Collins. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um yeah, man. It's bad. But uh <laughs> uh look. Um so uh actually I wanna take a uh I wanna take a shot at this. What we gonna do for this week actually we're just gonna talk about the topics like we did and then throughout the week. Uh so it's gonna be my dad and I, just me, we actually gonna go deeper into the topics for that um at that time, y'all. But hey, uh it's been a great pod. It's been a great stress relief getting us off our chest, man. Uh, I don't even know what to go out on, man. Just, just do better. Like, get out. You know, it's Halloween, man. Get out. Uh, um, yo, McLaurin, get out. Jonathan Allen, get out. Sweat, get out. Young, you stay. Um, yo, just yeah, man. Just get out. Just get out, man. Well, the one thing that makes me a bit nervous for your team is um the the fact that um I think that they're going to find out that Heineke may not be their quarterback, um, even though I really think that they're still not using Heineke well. Um, I do believe that they're making him too much of a pocket um, uh, quarterback, and that's where he was getting hammered um, when they had him run the ball a couple of times in the first quarter, I believe it was, first couple of drives. He mm -hmm. did very well with mm -hmm. that, and then, of course, they stopped. Yeah, like I said. So that's what's going to be on, on the episodes as well, man. We're going to... I got a lot of questions, and we have no answers. So we're gonna start making our own. So, so yeah, so yeah. Hey, stay with us through this journey, man. Again, the season is midway, and we gotta finish this out. So, just like everything else in life, um, if you don't like what's going on, just wait. If you do like what's going on, just wait. It's the Big Moose Thomas podcast, y'all. Holla at y'all later. <laughs>